Okay. Okay. Oh, we should we should start. I guess we, <laughs> we should are start. so out of I am so I out of practice. Is, is the recording thing showing? It says oh, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, it says we're recording. Okay, I'm just so used to having to to do, do all the buttons. I always see the recording thing in the corner. I'm like, wait, I don't see it. Is it good? Yeah, we got recording <laughs> things in the corner. Yes. We've we've got headsets and microphones. Excellent. And boy, howdy, it's time to create some content. I guess so. All right, let's do it. Uh, how long has it been since we last did a, a show? Like since, since you were here for the parish mission, which I still need to send the thing to you. Oh, my money? Yeah. Give me my money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I, don't I hope, care. hope it doesn't. Yeah. I, 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 it's sitting there somewhere. It's not even <laughs> worth anything. It's like Monopoly money up there. So like what's it's probably not even worth the postage, to be I honest. Mean, but then our postage isn't worth anything. So it's worth doing i don't know i don't know how that works don't make me do math our first podcast okay. back in forever yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well how, how are you alive do i'm you, alive are you alive do, do you are you alive a, yeah barely but i want to know about like is your do you still have a, a thesis because i thought for a while you were are we are we are we, are we like we're recording now recording yeah okay well you're, you're hosting you get to go first Okay, fine, fine. Right? I know we're a little out of practice. I know we're a little out of practice. I, here. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing anymore. We have it's, it's, it's like, people want to hear how you're doing, Father Anthony. How are you doing? Uh, uh, I'm doing great. great. How was Easter? Sort All of. that jazz. Yes. Had a, a lovely Easter, a like a perfect triduum. Um, liturgically speaking, it was just great. Um, things have been busy. You know, uh, Father Pastor uh, went away for a retreat. And then everybody in my parish decided to die. So I was very busy that week. You guys um, have a lot of funerals. We do. We do. We do. We do. It's just a big place. So we just have a lot of funerals. And I also had to do like a private mass for a first communion thing. Kid, good kid, but like couldn't handle the big crowds and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I do that. And uh, and that's fine. Um, Indiana's great. My niece, she's the best. Super fun. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I think the break was good because a lot of people really thought I was losing my mind, um, as we recorded more and more. Um, I mean, but- when you're wanting to like jump off the altar to like pummel old ladies in their pews because they rolled their eyes at you during mass. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. no, I stand by there that. are concerns. There are concerns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there were, there are several, uh, <laughs> times where I, where I thought to myself I should just be allowed to fight people just I just I'm gonna start fighting people one day it's just gonna happen there you go that's awesome I'm not saying I'm gonna win the fights it's just the fights are gonna happen that's all right 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 yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah. A little still a little, little on edge as far as that goes but hey yeah. you know parish hasn't burnt down I'm I'm still a priest there's some good things going on there's some crazy stuff going on and I don't have any good stories to tell because everything's just been work and priest stuff you know i Some mean cool stuff but yeah I can't share all yeah. the cool stuff it's just i guess so yeah yeah so there you go that's my terrible terrible intro <laughs> We're father harrison the... how are you you're not gonna do the oh, man, oh my gosh yes uh uh that's um uh, welcome to clerically speaking i'm father anthony <laughs> i'm father harrison we're so oh my gosh uh i'm okay i'm okay i i <laughs> had a lot of thesis stuff in the last month there i got it done not the thesis but like what i had to submit in fact apparently i kind of 
wrote a little too much, which is fine. It means this more thesis is done then that way. Um, mm-hmm. And so it got submitted like on two days before it was due, which is actually pretty good, all things considered. There's a part of me is like, do what? Uh, that's what it is for now. Um, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then had to go straight into planning chrism mass mode because we had chrism mass at my parish. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So then I had to do that. And that was a lot of work because, um, oh, how do I say this tactfully? A certain person was assigned to help do some serving with it from the cathedral and came totally unprepared. Nice. Shows up, was supposed to come early to co- to go over things with me. Doesn't, didn't know what was going on. And I told this person, there's one thing you have to bring. I have everything else. I need you to bring one thing. Uh, the, the, Roman, the Roman pontifical. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it has the prayers. Guess what he didn't bring? The Roman pontifical. I'm like, Thankfully, I have a PDF of it, but like running around trying to get, and then the printer's not working properly, and then you're trying to print it off to get into like a book to make it like look half decent, so it's not mm-hmm. just in a binder. <sighs> that was the day. Isn't it super illegal to have a PDF of it? I don't know. I had a PDF of it of the prayers, it's not the whole pontifical, but of the stuff for Christmas. Ah, uh, okay. I have no idea. Thank God I had it. Yes. And it's probably like fair. It's probably within fair use. It's not even like ten percent. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just know that they're the, those companies are weird about stuff like that. Oh, I know they are, but it's like, it's it essentially, anyways, whatever. Sue me. Yeah. Yes, sue Father. And actually, I mean, in, it's really in Canada, sue your bishop. in Canada because it's actually what's well, actually also like published. I think by US. I don't think Canada has a its own Roman pontifical. So, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. if the USCCB wants to come to Canada and sue me, they can. Uh, good luck. Uh, so that was that. And then it was straight into Holy week. And so mm-hmm. by that point, honestly, like I kind of hit a wall. Yep. I knew like, so I was psychologically prepared for this for like months. I've, I've known this was going to come. Cause I've been, I knew I, I was not only burning the candle at both ends, but like there was extra wicks on the side that were burning. Mm-hmm. You just That's dropped the I whole went. candle into a bonfire is what happened. <laughs> Pretty the Easter fire. Just like, yeah, just yes. drop the whole thing in there, you know? And there it is. Uh, so, Holy Week was okay in that sense. Like I was not as prepared liturgically for the celebrations. It was everything mm-hmm. was a little last minute. I didn't go over things as dutifully as I would have liked, etc. And I mean, like it's fine because most people don't notice the small things. I do, obviously. It was not my right. liturgically best, mm-hmm. honestly. It was, it was probably the most moving uh, East Holy Saturday I've ever had, though, because of we had nine people come to the church that night. Wow. We have more coming in over the summer, and like on Tuesday. I got an email from a family with three kids uh, and three other people met with me that day to talk about becoming, I had eight people essentially within three days ask about becoming Catholic already. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's all good work, but Jesus, give me some help. Right? (laughs) Please dear God, give me some help. Um, Those are because like of all the nine candidates, I knew eight of them pretty decently. And Mm -hmm. so it was a very like moving experience to bring them into the church uh, that like, I kind of choked up a bit, you know? Because yeah. you do, you, you're very proud and you're amazed mm-hmm. at what God has done, right? So that was very nice and moving. And then um, Easter Sunday was long. So we had two masses at the parish and I had to go to Gabriola right away afterwards for that. So I had like back to back to back masses on Easter Sunday. And that's exhausting, even, you know, and then the traveling oh, yeah, to Gabriola. We, and I hosted a little dinner at my place that night for any young adults who didn't have any family in town, which was actually like good because like someone else cooked it. Ben, God bless you, cooked the whole thing. You remember Ben? Yeah. Dinner at his place. Yeah. So he cooked a turkey dinner that night, which was great because I said, I'm happy to have people over. I am doing 
nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm opening the door to my house. That is it. Yeah. And it was a good, it, everyone had a great time and, you know, and it was nice. And then, you know, good. just Easter week stuff, Divine Mercy Sunday. I, I've started this a bit where you have like adoration from two to three. We do the Divine Mercy Chapel and some of the devotions mm-hmm. at three o'clock. And then I hear confessions. I was able to grab another priest to help me with confessions, which was great because otherwise I would have been there for three hours. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we did, we're, uh, someone said, oh, we didn't do anything for all day of sick for like anointing of the sick. I'm like, I didn't know we did that here. No one's told me this. So I said, well, St. <laughs> Bernadette's feast day would have been Divine Mercy Sunday. Why don't we just do it the same day? And yeah. we did. And I like anointed like a hundred people in the afternoon. <laughs> Wow. Right after that service, and then and then I went to visit the last for five days. It was oh, great. Nice. It was yeah. awesome. They're they're always great hosts, and I, I always love hanging out with them because I can go and just be myself there in many ways. And I'm still like Father Harrison to the kids and everything into them too. But it's also like I know that even like a bit of my own like lazy bad habits can come out, and they're like okay with this because they know I just need to like decompress. It's just someplace different, and it was great. They actually took me out to see uh, Hades Town in New York on Broadway. Which yeah, that was a the big show. animal. It was. I mean, we only got a chance to do dinner in the show really there that day, but it was great. It was awesome, and uh, I really, really enjoyed. It was my first Broadway show, so nice. never been to a Broadway show before. That's cool. and that was great. Uh, so that was cool, and then um, yeah. So I, I, I was like, it was actually very restful. Like I came, okay, that was nice. I needed that, but I was like, I was leaving. I'm like, I could have used like three or four more days. Yeah, <laughs> but I couldn't yeah. find anybody for a weekend, so I had to come back. Mm-hmm. And then so it's just been, and I came back. It's just like, yeah, I've got people want to become Catholic. I have like seven marriage regularization interviews this week alone. Right, like it's just. It's it is a lot sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's and I try. I'm realizing I, I'm coming out of my burn. Like so, essentially, I burned out by the time Holy yeah. Week hit. I knew that was coming. Um, so I'm coming out of it, which is good. Which is why we were a bit more delayed because I was like, I'm not in the headspace yet to, to do this. Uh, <laughs> time wise like, or anything. Well, do you want to record? And you're like, no. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm not there yet. Not there yet. I'm, I'm in a better place now, which is good. And 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 then we're slowly coming out. This will be good for me. I just need to do some of the things I was doing before to get back into things. So mm-hmm. uh, I have not touched my thesis for a month. Wow. <laughs> um, I I mean, I couldn't with Easter, and then I was just too tired afterwards to do mm-hmm. anything. So, but going to try and do an hour today to you know an hour tomorrow and just start ramping back up into it and so things are better which is good i mean like things weren't bad it's just i just my i was just exhausted emotionally yeah. psychologically spiritually physically just exhausted and so coming out of that i'm like okay i can't do this every year because that happens once every year more or less um uh, i have to find a way to figure out how to manage my time better or something like that so We'll figure it out, but we're here. We're good. We're going to ramp into things more and more, and uh, and we'll see what, what happens. But, uh, yeah, I think we were talking about this. I can't remember, but yeah. I think we were talking about like just like doing it like once every two weeks to start off with at least so that we can, yeah, which actually so. is good. Look at my schedule mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Again, like other things is we have – I get like a baptism request like every 10 days, mm-hmm. and 90% of the time not married in the church. So, oh, so then you do more. <laughs> I, talk, I have to talk to them, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have to. I, in good conscience, feel like I should. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, so there's just a lot of that going on too, right? So it's uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. So I think yeah, just we'll we'll ramp into things a bit more. We thought we should. We got to give this a shot. So here we are. We're here. So here we are. We just turn on the microphones right. and. Uh, Sorry about that. <laughs> it feels well, it's like it's been rough. like it's been it's been like a month and it's been like six or eight weeks. Yeah. 
Okay, okay, okay. So let's let's do something. Let's do something that uh, let's let's make some some real content here. Let's listen to the okay. people. Let's answer their theological emergencies. All right. Thank you for calling Clerically Speaking. If this is truly a theological emergency, please dial one at any time. Hi, I flushed my goldfish down the toilet, and I wanted to know, is that a sin? Theological emergency. We'll take your call at 412-912-7995. Hi, this is Jeremy from Newcastle, PA. My theological emergency that I need to know is, what is the optimal distance for starting the line for confession? Thank you. My old stomping grounds, Newcastle, PA. They are. Three years. Um, so, it, I, so I actually had an experience of this because um, I go into the box at my parish and I have no idea where people are standing. Like legitimately, I don't know. Um, I, and by the time I'm done, they're gone. But we had a guest priest um, hearing confessions the week that my pastor was gone. And I was like, you know what? This is a good time for me to sneak in a confession myself. And so I kind of there wasn't anybody like around there wasn't like an obvious line so Mm -hmm. i sat down what i thought was a reasonable distance away and then all of a sudden realized no i need to sit farther away than this um right so it all depends on like can you hear stuff like can you hear specific words and things and if you can then back away Um, yes 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 yeah um um and, yeah go ahead no go ahead and it can be a little awkward because like i don't know um everyone like forgets everything when they're in line for a confession like uh, i don't know if i mentioned this before but you you'll be in the confessional and you'll be hearing like an hour or two of confession and then like in the middle of confessions one after another someone says father are you there it's like yes yes i am here mm-hmm. or there'll mm-hmm. be a weird like there's people's brains just stop functioning when they're in line for confessional um and i i, I understand that but mm-hmm. as long as you can't hear the sins um yeah. and sometimes you get these old priests who yell and you you can hear the advice they're giving too so it all depends yeah 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 it's uh yeah that's the thing you don't want to hear things like so in our parish the old confessional is not soundproof at all like not even close yeah so i refuse to use it so we've been using something else which has been fine and it's actually i mean it's way more soundproof it's great so we're actually going to renovate the old confessional here at some point because uh yeah not soundproof and it's not really nice like i so we i had to use the old confessional on divine mercy sunday because we had two Mm -hmm. priests and so one of us had to use something else obviously and uh i and i had a few people say like and i was keeping my voice down i was trying to tell people like no keep your voice down please like this is not soundproof, right? And there's no music going on or anything to keep anything out. Like there is no soundproofing at all, period, full stop. So anyways, um, the, uh, uh, but yeah, a few times people say, you know, father, uh, some people's voices are still carrying. I'm like, yeah, I know. But it's like, I can't, people are going to be people sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, much, not much you can do about it. So you, uh, it's, uh, anyways, it, it's just, the optimal dis I mean, the true optimal distance is is uh, not just 
like how far away you are, but like your attitude in the line. So if you're not, not on your knees flagellating yourself, then are you really going to confession? Yeah. Yeah. Like how potential are you really? Exactly. Yeah. Really, yeah. really, there should be no problem with sound. Like the, the wailing from you using the discipline on yourself, a cat of nine exactly. tails whipping your back, like yeah. the wailing and sound of your flesh tearing, that should cover up most of the sound of the confessions, right? Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. You can get pretty close and do if you want to do that. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we, you know, that's the way it is, folks. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. Like, actually, just the other day, someone came up to me and said, you know, Father, can you talk to people to tell them, like, how to start the line differently? Because, you know, there's old people here and we can't just stand against the wall all the time. And can we do it in the pew? I'm like, you're free. Just go tell people to do that. I'm not, I can't, I cannot control the line from the confessional. <laughs> this, this is not a possibility. People line up how they're going to line up. And that's not, that is not on me. And I'm yeah. like, I said, Actually, not much I can do about it. If you want to change that, you go talk to people and say, why don't we go sit in a pew instead? And there you go. And that's fine. Yeah, there you go. That's how change happens. That's how change happens. If you want change to happen, make it happen yourself. This is, uh, this is a big thing for me. <laughs> All righty. All right. Uh, let's do another one. Hi, I guess. Father Anthony and Father Harrison. My name is Carter from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I am a convert to the Catholic faith, and I have two questions to ask. One is a parish priest in my diocese has, has been having eye trouble, and I was wondering if he did lose his sight, would he be able to still be a priest? Uh, secondly, uh, we know that a priest uh, whose hands have been cut off uh, can no longer be a priest because he can no longer offer the sacraments and fulfill the duty of his office. However, if prosthetics came as uh, far enough to allow the same function as, say, Luke's hand in Star Wars, would those maimed priests then be able to resume their office? Uh, if this sounds written down, it is. Uh, my wife says uh, I say um too much on voice notes. So I love the podcast, and um, I hope to hear my question. Thanks. Uh, 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 so Carter from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, if that's your real name, uh, this is actually proof of why actually there should be married priests so that when we preach, we don't say, um, all the time. Cause we'd have a wife to say, Hey, stop it. Stop saying, um, <laughs> I'll say, um. all right. We got two questions here essentially. So he's, you know, he's taking advantage here. He's not just giving us one. He's giving us two first uh, blind. Yeah. There's no problem about that. Uh, cause none of the sacraments require sight for validity. Yeah. You just need to right? say the right words and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, do the right thing. I, I, I actually very good friends with a priest from Edmonton, Father Matthew Heisel, who's not blind, but he's deaf. He's a deaf priest. Um, so uh, sight and sound. Uh, I mean, he he can. He's not like you know, like most deaf, like a lot of deaf people. He's not like fully fully deaf. He has aids that he can help him hear and stuff like that. So he's able to hear confessions, but he has to do face to face, so you can actually see your mouth move. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah. So the first one is actually quite easy. It's just like yeah, if you're blind. No problem. Um, I'm it sure would be a little tricky though. Like you'd have to get good at like knowing where your patent was and stuff like that. Oh yeah. But my guess doable. is that. But my guess is is that if you're a blind priest, it's probably like later on in life. Maybe when you lose yeah. your sight, like that. It's it's like, being, right, yeah. like I would probably say that being ordained a blind guy probably very unlikely. Not because we can't do it, but the support and stuff that would be needed to make that work would be mm -hmm. very difficult to find. Yeah. Right. So. You know, anyways, um, the second one though, so hands being made. So this actually got me thinking, the reason I like this one was like, it got me thinking about, I think it's St. Isaac Jogue, one of the Canadian martyrs, where he was doing missionary work to the Iroquois and uh, 
in in Canada and um, had his, I think it was his thumbs cut off, or if I remember correctly, or his index finger, one of those two, or maybe both. Yeah, he had something. He had some of his fingers cut off. His and canonical digits. His canonical something that would affect his canonical digits, uh, where yes. you pinch the two, the finger with the thumb. Um, so he went back to France to recoup and stuff like this and was desiring to go back, but he needed dispensation from the Pope to be able to say mass. And the Pope said something like, who am I to refuse one of the, one of God's martyrs, essentially like that. Like he just seen already like he was living a martyrdom in that regard. He said, of course you're dispensed. Yes. You can. So I, he had to use other fingers for the, for the sacraments of the mass. Now to lose both hands, that would be a weird one. I've not actually heard of anybody that where that's happened, but um, I'm sure, you know, again, we deal with most emergencies are hypothetical. Um, I would, I, I, <laughs> I so I guess are. the question becomes like, cause the, the hands really are vital to priestly ministry in terms of epically, epicletic action, right? The descent of the Holy spirit, every sacrament requires a, a using of your hands. And so I would actually argue that even with prosthetics, like it's not your hand, it's not your body. This is the key here. It's not your body doing this. Now, is there ways that you could do these things? Like, I I mean, again, I'm like thinking out loud because I'm like, I don't think this, I mean, I'm sure it's happened somewhere in life, but because everything's happened in the church, but the hand, not like the hand is distinct from the arm and stuff like this. And like, I can't annoy people if I don't have a hand. Right. <laughs> Interesting. So, um, a few things. First of all, you would not, if you lost both of your hands, you would not stop being a priest. You would still be right. a priest. Right. You'd still be a priest. The question is whether or not you can perform the sacraments and how right. much of a dispensation can be given. Right. Um, so, part of me thinks that, like, like you are still a priest. Mm -hmm. It's, it, and using of hands, if, uh, I'm just gonna go out on a limb. Who cares? You know, people tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, I did not mean to do that. Um, anywho, um, like you're you're priestly. Like, I I feel like the use of hands is more symbolic than it is necessary to the sacraments. I'm thinking. Then why did we have our hands anointed? Because you're gonna do priestly stuff with your hands. But exactly. Exactly. If you're still, uh, if you're still a priest, it's not like your priesthood is just in your hands. It's like the ontological effect didn't just go into. It's not like your soul's in your hands and nowhere else. <laughs> like I know, because, but, but but the hand is really vital to the priestly ministry. Uh, everything I do uses everything I do. Every sacrament uses my hands. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sign of the cross. Yeah, but here's the thing. I feel and you're Italian. Like, you should be pro hand. No, no, I am, I am, no, but but I, I just I think that you could probably get some sort of dispensation, because like you still have pre like to say your priestly power is just in your hands feels weird to me. No, 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 but that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that your priestly power is just in your hands. I'm saying that the use of hands is vital to every sacramental action. Uh, I mean, the I'm saying... here's the thing: you don't use your you don't lose your priestly power. Right, you just but you've lost the bodily ability to exercise it. I mean, maybe, but something about that feels not right to me. But I might be wrong. I don't know. This is a good I, question. I think it's a good question. I mean, I think I, I I would be willing to say something like I actually think he could probably still hear confession. For right. example, I think that one would be fine. Um, could still witness marriages, obviously, um, because doesn't actually it's the one sacrament that you're not really. Re you're not really doing anything. You're just witnessing. Yeah. Um, uh, he could. So baptisms can't. You got to pour water. How are you going to pour water? Even with a prosthetic. I mean, no, 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 no. You can still do that. 
Yeah, it depends on that, what 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 the injury is or what has happened, but yeah. you can still you can't hold do something. And... You, can't, you can't do the anointings. But okay, but we've also used anointings with like um, cotton balls, which is not your hand. I don't like that. I don't like it either. But I it's never did it. A thing I just, that I just people thoroughly do. washed my hands. Yeah. I always just thoroughly washed my hands. But I, I bet you could. I bet you could anoint with, you know, if you got like something, you know, wrist or stump I, or whatever you got going on. It's got to be like, here's the thing. I think like where they would say, well, you could use the cotton ball because it's still the action of your hand. Like it's still like, it's your I body. Think it's, still I think it's the action. action of anointing. That's gonna Like but then the anointing still requires the body. It does. Like we're, we're bodily people, right? right? We are people who like the body, and the body is yes. essential. And you would still use your body to anoint, but it just wouldn't be with hands. And I mean, I do think, I mean, it could be possible with the Eucharist. Possible? Like, yeah. I, I could see it being possible, but I'm, I'm highly dubious. Like, they will not ordain a guy, even if he's maimed and he, ha- and he has, there's good prosthetics. Right. I don't think they would ordain him. Because no, I think that becomes a bit weird. Um, 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 so I do think that it's, um, yeah, I do think it's possible. I just I'm highly dubious. I'm highly dubious. You can't. You definitely can't do uh, uh, confirmation or or anointing of the sick. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, man. That's like that's just like a no-brainer there. Hmm. I don't know. I I I I'm gonna I'm gonna go out a little. Uh, shoot. I'm gonna. Here's the thing. I'm gonna go Here's ahead and say. What? Did Paul did, did Paul talk about like the laying on of elbows? No. He talked no. about the laying on of hands. Right. This is an extreme circumstance. Like right. yes, that's how you normally would do things. But something about like you losing your hands like it's like cutting off the funnel of grace that it's just it seems almost too mechanical it seems almost too mechanical to me i'm not saying it's a funnel of i'm not saying the hands are the funnel of grace but i'm well, saying how else does the grace of the sacrament get to you if that's what you know i'm saying like that they are an essential part of the of the ministerial action and so you don't like like so for example like again the priest doesn't never loses the power to do these things he just Due to some freak accident. He doesn't accident. lose the power to do the things, but he can't do the things. Right. Because it's not, but it's not, it's not a, it's not a problem of his ordination being cut off or anything like that. It's just yeah. saying the the form by which he would do as normally is now no longer possible for him. Maybe. How, like, cause like, there, and it's, I mean, it is interesting, right? If you look into right. medieval theology, uh, it was actually seen in like the anointing of the hands and the receiving of the chalice and patent. That was like the conferral of ordination. Right. Uh, so those require hands to do that stuff, obviously. Right. But now don't we don't my, see it as that. We don't. It's the f- prayer of consecration. It's a prayer. Yeah. But even there, it's like, I mean, again, like just laying on a hands and that, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's the hands I think actually have a very vital role in place. And it's saying like, uh, yeah, you don't lose your priestly ability because that doesn't leave you ever. It's just a, a freak accident has happened by which mm-hmm. maybe some of the priestly functions can no longer properly be exercised. Mm. But the power, the potential of the power is still there. But it's like saying um, uh, you got the engine, but you don't got the tires. Mm-hmm. You can't drive anywhere, even though you have all the power and internal workings to make it work. 
Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, I really, this is a, a very out of, out of left field question for me. So I mean, your I'm, arguments I'm, make I'm, sense. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. No, and your arguments make sense too. Like I'm just saying like, I, I don't know. I, I definitely, I guess my tendency is that yes. I tend towards the sacramental. I tend towards that our body matters mm-hmm. in everything as Catholics. And I think we have to be careful about, about rejecting the bodiliness of our faith and our personhood. Right. And that, that's vital in sacramental life. Right. And like, I agree with that. I just get yeah. worried about it becoming overly mechanical. I know. Um, uh, and, and I, you know, I'm not, a mechan- like the Pope could just dispense I'm not a mechanical this. person. Right. But they, like if they lost some fingers, I think it'd be very different. Like you if sure? they had no fingers, had you ever seen the, uh, have you seen the, uh, the Banshees of Inishera yet? Uh, no. no. Okay. The Irish film with, uh, Colin Farrell and and um, what's his name? The other guy. I will never watch an Irish film. Thank you very much. So you have not seen it in Bruges? No. Folks, uh, you know what to do. Make sure you call the, the Theological Emergency Line and roast Father Anthony for not seeing it in Bruges. Anyways. You can't, you can't, you can't bully so, me. I just won't listen to your messages. Colin Farrell's friends, like he comes back and he's like, essentially, I don't want to be your friend anymore for no reason. Otherwise he's, you're, he's a little doll to him. And so he says, mm-hmm. if you continue to bother me, I'm going to start cutting off my fingers to let you know how serious I am about not being your friend. He ends up cutting off like all his fingers. It's really weird and macabre. It's a whole yeah. thing. Anyways, it's a good movie. Um, <laughs> but there, your hand would still, even if you have no fingers, you still have a hand. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that's good. You're good there. But if you have like no hand, like I'm just, the hand is such a, like, how do you take? How do you, like, he took, how do you, do, like, there's gestures in the Eucharistic prayer, for yeah. example. Yeah, like, you could manage your hand. Like, and the, and the rubrics, like, so yeah, you maybe need a dispensation. I just think it'd be. Like, you definitely need a dispensation I, if this is possible. Right. Right. Uh-oh. I guess it's just, I'm not saying necessarily that the hand is is the absolutely dependent thing upon sacramental action, but I'm also not saying it's not because mm-hmm. I don't think it's been reflected on sufficiently because we probably have we haven't had this problem of priests losing their hands all the time. Yeah, and it's probably if there's an accident okay. or if there's like martyrdom, like usually the the priest will, will like maybe the, it's torture first and then killing them. Like I don't know if. Many priests have survived getting both their hands cut off in something. Right. Yeah, that would be very, very painful. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, go on to Presbyterian exhortations. I think we, I think we've, we've said what we can say about that. We're back, people. <laughs> We're back. We're back. Yes. <laughs> and now it is time for Presbyteral. Exhortations. Oh, yes. yes. Quite good. Quite good. Indubitably. Oh, I bet they can't wait to learn. They're gonna learn oh, 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 it's my favorite part. Oh, it's oh, the oh, oh, best part. Oh, yes. yes. Quite. Yes. Right. Quite. <sighs> All right. We're going to keep this light. I've just been thinking about preaching. I mean, of uh, course, we... and it's going to be light because we're, we're handless, right? So we're lighter. You've lost weight. Yes. No. We, we, <laughs> so I, you're going to get in trouble. Um, so <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. So uh, I've been thinking about preaching, and I figured I'm just going to throw out some some hot takes uh-huh. for you. 
um, okay. and some stuff and get your reaction to it. And okay. uh, yeah, but first I'm going to tell a story because this happened. I've been thinking about my, my hot takes for a while. But uh-huh. uh, last Sunday, uh-huh. I had a first communion mass. Right. And this it was at... No, this is a this is a big one. It's a first communion mass at two p.m. It's just families of first communions. There's like sixty. The church was like full, right? And I'm looking out in the crowd, and I'm seeing a lot of faces I have never seen before at mass. Mm-hmm. Just a lot. Some mm-hmm. I have seen, delightful, um, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot I haven't seen. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's okay, <laughs> there is a, a certain way, at least. I have found that there's a certain way that people who don't normally go to mass but are going to mass for a special event, there's a way they dress that you can almost pick them out as saying, you don't go to mass very often. They're almost like too well-dressed for right. the events. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if that's just me yeah, judging yeah, yeah, people yeah. or whatever, but that's how I feel. Okay. Anyway, so I was like, all right, I'm going to preach differently because these people don't know me. These people um, don't know Jesus very well could not know jesus that's you know if you're never if you're not going to mass you don't know him as well as you should i mean there's Mm -hmm. that yep and so i started off by doing something i have not done in a long time in my preaching i told a bunch of jokes um specifically about the wrong ways that people receive the eucharist okay so you know people like using little claw hands and pinching people like biting my fingers when they receive on the tongue people and there's the v-shaped hand of the the palms where yeah the v-shaped hand they want to drop jesus on purpose or like they they one-handed eat jesus like they're eating popcorn so i just went through a whole like bit okay yep they loved it um and then i said like you know this stuff seems silly but there's a reason why we we take so much time to receive properly because this is a big deal and then i kind of got into like the real stuff of the homily mm-hmm. and i got a lot of compliments on it but okay. i don't like preaching like that like with the jokey stuff yeah i don't like doing it and i think it's dangerous i do too yeah sorry go ahead yeah i think one it's dangerous for me um, yep. because you, you know, it feels good to make people laugh. And mm-hmm. cause I remember even early on in my preaching being like, you know, how can I make people laugh during my, you know, homily? And I don't think that was a healthy thing in me. Like if, if there's, if humor shows up, that's part of my personality, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times I do have kind of like a dry sense of humor when I preach, but like, this was like, I don't think good for me. And then I don't think, I think it was appropriate for this circumstance. Because mm-hmm. um, I had to get people to relate to me in order to hear something deeper, mm-hmm. I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, it, you, it, it makes the listener, if, that, if that's the way that is preached constantly, the listener can kind of distance themselves from the real message of the homily. Right. Because ultimately this isn't for, serious. Just, yeah, just looking to be entertained. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I. It's interesting. I always, I always remembered how like Fulton Sheen would always start uh, "Life is Beautiful" by starting with a joke, but it'd always be against himself, right? He'd always poke fun at himself, and that was actually done very much on purpose. Although I, I've, it's funny, actually, now I think about, it, I don't think he ever did that when he preached. I think he was always quite more serious when he preached. Um, but and the reason was what we were talking about, right? To get people to be opened up to hearing what you have to say. And if they're quite foreign to the life of faith or the church, uh, that can be a very important thing to have happen. Um, yeah, I, I like I, I am anti have to have a joke all the time 
for sure because the homily is not about being is not about performance right it's not about uh it's not about uh trying to make people feel good or bad it, it it's its sole purpose is to make christ present or to and to help elucidate that for people that he is actually here with us in the in the sacraments and in the scriptures etc and in the mass um this is and and that in our life so that we can continue to find him and be him to the world so in that regard like i think um if it comes up now like for me like i've 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 tried i I, like as you're saying that like we were saying i I thought about that early on and i was like should i do this and i Mm -hmm. i looked at i never tried to do it because i know i can have a good i have a good sense of humor i know i can make good jokes Mm -hmm. uh but for me they come up in the moment and work quite naturally they to to put a joke at it like a beginning of homily is actually for me would be quite forced mm-hmm. but it's also at the same time like looking back i'm like yeah i always thought okay how do i get people into the homily and, and i've kind of given up on that a yeah. because it takes a lot of work to do that and, and yes. I don't have enough time to do that all the time and b again uh, yeah early on when you're a younger priest you're looking for the compliments you want to know that you're a good homilist yeah right? or you're imitating homilists that you know yeah yep. but I, and so you that performative aspect I think does come out a bit more in it uh, when you're younger as a priest. And then as you age and mature and you stop caring about what people think, um, mm-hmm. come old and grumpy. No, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you. I think that's where yeah, it's like if it comes up naturally, great. But it should not be like like because I've I've seen it happen. I've heard of it happening where. They'll go, a priest will go online or something like that and find a joke. It has nothing even to do with what you were talking about. <laughs> just straight up, yeah. Every Sunday. And it's to me, it's just too banal. It's too banal for yeah. the dignity of what we're doing. Good. All right. Now we're getting into some hotter takes. Um, okay. Uh, I don't like it when people say good morning at the start of their homily. It drives me freaking crazy. Why, what? Oh, yeah. Did we not yeah. already have a greeting? What are you doing? Yeah, we said the Lord be with you. That's the greatest of greetings. That's better than GM. Yeah, and I, I, hello, good morning, welcome. We've already done all those things. Yep, we did it a couple times because you preached the gospel and you said the Lord be with you, or who, someone did, and with your spirit, and like your homily is kind of like about the gospel. So just yes. preach. Yep. Okay. Question. Yes. I because I've taken on this practice a bit, partially because it's. I know, actually, I'll be honest. This is the one thing I'm like, I know it's probably not 100% liturgically correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've done it out of a bit of sense of prudence of I know it'll be most easiest time to capture people is if there's any announcements, I do them just before I start preaching. There is a tradition of that, right? They do that a right. lot in a lot of like, you know. Um, the older form of the mass and everything. Older form of the mass. Um, it also takes off the maniple because it's kind of like the mass is on like a break at that point. <laughs> it's yes. like a timeout. And so but that's not how the news order is though. It's like right. a different yeah, kind of theology of preaching. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, uh, I, no, no. You are you are um, forbidden of doing that. That's a terrible well, practice. Bad. I don't like that either. Too bad. Too bad. Yeah. Too bad. I mean, it's. I mean, you can do what you want. You're the pastor, but you're wrong. I probably it's just how it is in our church and everything, and 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 um, it's impossible to capture it. Any, and I'm not doing it at the end of mass mm-hmm. because everybody wants to leave. Yeah, and I I just find it's the best time to capture people. So probably not the best, but I do it. And that's I the one little thing. That. I'm like, it's the one little thing. I'm like, I really. It's just because then it's a whole thing about having 
to coordinate the choir and the reader who's going to do the greeting stuff at the beginning. And I just don't, and also I kind of like the idea that people can just show up and pray before mass instead of being interrupted by someone talking beforehand. Yeah. Um, but let me, I mean, as personally, far as... I'd be like zero announcements ever. Right. That's the that, idea. That, that, that is the ideal to me. The heavenly liturgy, there are, will be no announcements. <laughs> That's right. Amen. Amen. Um, there are no announcements. Everyone looks forward to this day. But also like if, if people are not plugged in enough to parish life to stay for like two minutes of announcements at the end of the mass yeah. and the final blessing. Are you really going to get them if they hear like, oh, no, like eh. are, so, Oh yeah. This is the other reason I did this. So yeah. our problem is we do not have a lot of parking at my church. Mm -hmm. um, and there's really no possibility of adding more parking. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people through no fault of their own come in late um, it's like, it's one of the, it's actually, I've actually, I'm like, I, I do not get PO'd about people being late, especially like on a really busy day. Yeah. It's really busy. Like some people have to block park like three blocks away cause they can't yeah. find parking. So I get that, right. You, you tried, not your fault. You didn't find parking. Um, and it's fine. People start coming earlier and earlier to try and grab a parking spot in the parking lot. <laughs> so that's the other thing is like about a quarter of the people coming to mass show up at different points. They don't get there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, and some of them are very active parishioners. Just maybe they had to use the washroom or the kids are being difficult getting out. Sure, sure, sure. So for me, it's really the ideal time in that sense. Yes. Back to preaching. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yes, don't like the welcome. Don't like it. I don't like this idea of like the homily as this separate thing. It's like, yep. it is a liturgical action in my brain. That's the only way I can understand it. Yep. Um, uh, so uh, another thing, I you know, I I want to say this: good preach, like good preaching, is like, hmm. Let's make it spicier. Ninety-five percent prayer and five percent study. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not ninety-five percent. I don't know if I'd go that high. Mm -hmm. Only because studying can be done prayerfully. Can be done prayerfully. It can be I done guess perfectly. you could I, do, I, that. I do that. I often yes, do that. I often do that. That does like work. A, I'll actually bring like I'll bring like a commentary into my chapel with me when I'm like trying to like, especially when I'm or or I'll bring uh my actually sometimes I will bring my phone into my chapel for this where I'm like I try not to but uh right I have my Verbum map where I so like, especially like Luke's gospel I found the looking at the Greek was really helpful to understand mm -hmm. the true meaning of the text. So it's a study thing, but it's also something done in prayer. Mm -hmm. It's it's both ends. So I think. I think what you're getting at, though, is this idea that a good homily is not dependent upon academic solidity. Or even, um, like, I, sometimes I'll hear a homily, and it's, like, well-constructed, well-written, um, nothing wrong with it, mm -hmm. and it feels flat. Like, it feels like yep. the, like a, a lecture. Yep. A, a, a pious lecture, not a bad yep. lecture, and, like, there's no harm done there. But it's like you didn't give the people what the Lord spoke to you in prayer. Like that's right. where like the power of the homily comes from, I think. Listen, I will be honest though. Like, and I think this is where the different thing with the prayer comes in. Mm -hmm. There are some weeks where like, it's like, we, like, so for example, my case where I was kind of burnt out more, it's kind of hard to pray honestly. Oh, absolutely. And so my preparations for my homilies was not where I wanted it to be. Um, but at the same time, I know that I've prayed over these passages before mm -hmm. and I've been able to sit with them before. So it's still the fruit of prayer in that sense of like, it's not the, my, it's not my first rodeo now yeah. anymore. Scriptures. Uh, I know it's like, I know. 
Good Shepherd Sunday is coming up. Like we can talk about vocations or whatever, right? Yeah. And, and there are times where, you, and I, 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 this is my, it's like it's like a, a pastoral hot take, I guess, with regards to preaching. Mm-hmm. Something I've come to appreciate more. It's like, yeah, do I, some Sundays I'm going to show up off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, I, and you that is, blow it sometimes. not only is that okay, that's actually important because it means I'm human and it shows you my humanity. And it also, it's funny. It's really funny about this because like the Sunday I got back from the, when I was at the last, I was really not prepared. I yeah. knew what the gospel was. And I was probably, I was like, I'm, I remember preaching on that during weekday mass. I'm going to say some, pretty much the same thing. Um, and I was kind of not, it was the one Sunday I was like, I really just don't want to prepare a homily. I just yeah. don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to even preach. <laughs> I don't want to do any of that right now. I want to say mass, but I'm like, I just don't want to do anything yes. extra. Yeah. Right. I, I get it. I yeah. showed up, you know, you show up and you, you, mm-hmm. you don't want to, but you don't act on that necessarily. Anyways, mm-hmm. I had a bunch of people say, wow, father, like that was such a great homily about knowing the old Testament. I'm like, and I was like, really? Like, that was not one of my best. I can tell you that yeah. for sure. So it also shows you that God's grace works despite. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'll say this as another, like, it's impossible. It's nearly impossible for me to judge any homily because I, I don't, I don't know what I preach is good or bad. I don't know what other people preach, what hits people or not. I have no idea. Yeah. That's yeah. more and more I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a caveat to all the hot takes. Oh, uh, what was it? What was my next one? What was the next one? Never quote things. Never quote things. Or if you're going to quote, quote in the most general way. I don't want to hear um, catechism numbers. I don't want to hear. I just want just steal it. Just straight up steal it. Or say, uh, saints have said this. Keep it general. Because as soon as you start quoting something long or whatever, I think people turn off. I do. Just steal it. There. No, I don't agree there. You're wrong. You're okay, wrong. tell me why I'm wrong. When you're quoting, like part of part of being a priest is actually like making like magisterial teaching known to people, for example, right? So mm-hmm. like I, I mean, one of my favorite quotes is from Deus character. I mean, I have it freaking memorized, right? Like from uh, being Christian is not an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but the encounter with an event a person which gives life a new horizon in its direction. I'll say that's from Pope Benedict. It's part of my job is, or, or I'll say like, uh, it's not even like a magisterial teaching here, but it's like a like I love the bit from Pope Francis where he's like, "Tell me, they ask him who's Pope Francis." He goes, "I'm a sinner in need of God's mercy." Mm-hmm. They let people know like it's not bad to think that you're a sinner. Um, so I don't, I don't, but it's not like I'm against finding quotes because you want to seem eloquent or um, educated or something like that. But sometimes quotes from because sometimes like I don't know that saint existed, mm-hmm. and they'll go look them up or whatever. So I think there's a place for it and especially as long as it, as long as it highlights and emphasizes the point because some people think and speak that way and and then that can be a helpful it's it's like it's something outside of your own words that might speak to someone because maybe you, the way you speak doesn't necessarily grab them enough but the quote from some saint might mm-hmm. um so i do think it actually does have a place you just don't want to overuse it either though yeah i guess what rubs me the wrong way is it almost pulls you out of the moment like um if you don't do it well, it almost like like there's a homily that's being preached, and then all of a sudden you're like almost yeah taken out of it for this yep. quote thingy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, and I get that. I get that. That's why it has to be done well, but, and it has to be like continuous with what you're. Or it has to be within the point you're trying to make, not just I'm saying it because I want to look, you yeah. know, highfalutin and everything like that. Yeah. Or sometimes like we just like nerd out about stuff. But yep. that, this is, isn't necessarily what the homily is about. As, right. uh, sometimes you're not trying to look impressive. You just get really excited about a thing, but it's not what the homily is, or whatever, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? What else do I got? I I don't care for the the ending the homily with like a a prayer or a you know the you know or the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's not the right. thing that makes me the most angry. But I don't care for that either. I don't care for that. I'm with you on that one. Because once again, it's like like cutting off the homily into this like separate chunk instead of part of the. I almost sound like a yeah. Goop, like a, yeah. I, will, flow, I, say, like, the, I think I think I've done it like a couple times like a with a prayer of sorts where it's been yeah. like, but it's maybe it's been like a come to Jesus kind of moment where it's like Jesus like help us to know mm, you more. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, whereas like it's actually like it's culminating everything you said and you're including it within the prayer of the liturgy itself. Right. I, but I agree with you like where it's like oh we're gonna do this prayer that has nothing to do with the liturgy. It almost like cuts it off from it or yeah they do the sign of the cross which is more. That's the old school way ish a bit. Yeah. But again, because it's a lit- continu- continuous liturgical act now, you don't mm-hmm. need to do the sign of the cross anymore. Right. Yeah. So it's like that thing that bothers me a lot. Just don't care yep. for it. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Um, um, length. Where's your where's your where's your hot take on that? On what? Holly lengths. How long? Holly lengths? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh preach, we gotta preach. Um Yep. I kind of like there are times where I f- where I feel like I'm going long and it's like okay even though you have more stuff to say wrap it up that's kind of why I go by my gut mm-hmm. um, our our masses are an hour to an hour and five minutes long it's just because our masses are big fancy things I I, I stop caring about time um, like I said this before I think most of the time most of the time not all the time most of the time when people say um, the homily was too long they mean the homily was bad. You know, right um now i mean even the most brilliant homily couldn't go if you, it goes like an hour long i i don't see that as a possibility yeah. but i yeah. just had to i i don't want people to here's the thing i remember after my i might have told this story before um first assignment um gave my first homily as a priest at this new assignment and it was long um and you're not you know i I was new at preaching relatively speaking and got to the end was pretty proud of myself just for being able to say mass i did all the things as a new priest in the new parish and i'm happy and the usher in the back says father you know just just keep the mass like under 50 minutes and everybody will be happy Ugh, it, no. Uh, uh, devastating. Devastating to my soul. That's the only thing we care about. Mm-hmm. Ugh, wrote obligation. Yep. Um, and like, y- yes, yes, things can go too long and stuff. But like, if I want people to stop caring about time, I need to do two things. One, make the liturgy as good as, as we can do it. And yep. two, I need to stop caring about time. Yep. Within yep. reason. So, yeah. <sighs> Just preach. Yeah. What, what does Jesus have yeah. to say? Just, just, just preach. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you have to be like, you have to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for there? You have to be attuned to people's attention spans and stuff yeah. like this for sure. sure. But like, I, like everyone's, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, you should just keep it to five to eight minutes. I'm like, no, I don't care about that. I'm like, I'm like, we're talking about expounding upon the scriptures and Christ being present to us today. Yeah. Uh, that is worth more than five to eight minutes. Um, and no one's like, I find like, no, I mean, Maybe just, they just don't feel like telling me, but like I, I found that no one really seems to complain if mass is a bit longer. Like our mass is, our mass on Sunday is like about, usually about an hour and ten minutes. Um, and because we we do we go full out on Sunday, right? It's great. Same. I love it. And um, and because there's like six hundred people, I only have one Eucharistic minister. Uh, communion time takes a while. I'm actually looking to add to that because yeah. it is taking a little too long. It is a little. Uh, but it's like it's like you know, but it's like no one seems to 
complain either and everyone's happy to be there and so that's a good thing to have you know right and most I mean, the reason why i can tell that the mass length isn't too bad is in, in, there's different cult we have two par- two churches that merge into one parish and you get different mm-hmm. cultures you know yeah. uh, but a lot of times if you have a lot of people going through all four verses without leaving at the end of uh, mass and that's like okay they're not in a rush to get out yeah. um i know i know the feeling of wanting to get out of a place because it's just been yeah. too long <laughs> yeah yeah and i uh, listen i've been to, i've been to play i've been to masses where it's like okay dude like wrap it up not because wait because you're actually not saying anything at all you've been just mm-hmm. rambling for 40 minutes and said yeah. nothing of substance i'm like wrap it up buddy like get me out of here yes. <laughs> um so but that's also my own opinion i mean like here's my i mean i think you kind of, this is kind of akin to what you're saying when you did the parish mission a bit but my hot take is it doesn't really matter how quote unquote good or bad the homily is in one sense because mm-hmm. um we all have how do i want to put this god is at work in the liturgy Mm-hmm. And that's what we should be paying attention. I just like I was saying this to someone the other day. I think, and this just in generally speaks to liturgical and pastoral life in a parish, and so, et cetera. I feel like we've become just as we've become like almost like um, hyper focused on the nature and personality of like who the pope is or the president is or governor is or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, like they get it, like they get an almost divine status themselves, where every word is hung on to and criticized and critiqued. I think we have the same attitude towards who our priests and pastors are. Oh, we got a good priest. Oh, we got a not great priest or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, got a priest. Yeah, that doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> that, is, that is God's gift to you, right? Yeah. Be grateful for that. Are they going to be perfect? Nope. But it's like, my sense is like 50 years ago, people, there was less weight given to who your pastor would be. Because they were all you know? terrible. Right. Probably. But I have no idea. Uh, I, 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 I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, but there was, there's definitely, uh, you would not talk about it as much, whether that's healthy or not. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they weren't all terrible. I was joking. And I guess I'll say, I don't like, I don't like like three points whatever that's fine if you want to stuff but like i don't care if people re- like if you if people learn something from homily that's great that's fun that's wonderful yeah but a successful homily is one where people want to get closer to jesus yes uh, i yeah. think that's you know if you if you leave with that desire then i think it's good yeah. that all being said i am um a a a wretched and poor servant of the lord all my preaching is terrible here. uh people have to endure uh my words and they get graces just for doing so um and i am that's constantly yeah and i'm constantly humbled by my own utter uh failure to live up to my calling so yeah. take all the things i said with with with, with that caveat amen is that it for hot takes? That's it for hot takes. It's good. Yeah, good show. Long oh. show. Um, yep. It's not long, uh, not but long, good but show. It feels long because it's been a while. It is, but I think we did the things. And we we'll, the things. we'll get back. We'll, we'll get back into this a bit, hopefully. So. <laughs> oh, cool. Hey, it was good to talk to you all again. I hope you had a nice, nice Easter. And uh, thank you for listening. Um, please leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your friends. Look, there's a new episode. Put put the podcast back on your feed. Tell them, tell your enemies too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. Um, you can't, you can't find me. I'm hiding. You yeah, can't find me uh, you can find me on Twitter at fr harris. I just haven't been on very much because I've been not hiding, hiding like you, but it's just not been on. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, I will be back on there. I'm just, again, slowly ramping back up. I did quickly. I did see an Elon Musk tweet. It said cult slash culture. I'm like, oh, he must be reading Joseph Pieper. Oh, yeah. He's definitely reading books. Um, yeah. Uh, contact the podcast and receive updates at ClericalPod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, or email us at clericalspeaking at gmail.com. Um, the one nice thing about the break is that we've got a whole bunch of theological emergencies. So that's great. So keep them coming. If you have a theological emergency, call 412-912-7995. 412-912-7995. Peace. God bless. And recording. And recording.